0: Welcome to Celluloid Citizens, a podcast about film. I'm your host, Sean M. Thompson. And I'm Brian O'Connell. I should have said co-host, but anyway. Uh, Today we will be discussing the uh, 2020 film Shirley, which tells the story of Shirley Jackson and is based on a novel starring Elizabeth Moss and Odessa Young and Michael Stuver.
1: Stuhlvarg.
0: Stuhlvarg, directed by Josephine Decker and written by Sarah Gubbins, based on the novel by...
1: Susan Scarf Merrill. And interestingly enough, produced by Martin Scorsese.
0: He did, yeah, I did notice that. And also
1: Christine Vachon, who does Todd Haynes's movie, so it it has quite the pedigree producer uh, Oh, wow, I didn't realize was. that. So, um, I guess to start... Um, Sean, you and I are both big Shirley Jackson fans, I think. Is that is that an accurate assessment? That's an
0: accurate assessment. I think anyone who is into the sort of combination of quiet horror and psychological unease that yeah. a lot of horror fiction tries to do but doesn't succeed at, Shirley Jackson yeah. is, I think, the forerunner in terms of that. Oh,
1: yes and not to mention just like 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 subtly satirical her that like gets into the skin of of mid-century women's anxieties about about society and you know the home and all of that like shirley jackson is the the pinnacle of that sort of literature and one of the best writers um in the horror genre i would argue i think the haunting of hill house has to be you know, certainly the greatest haunted house novel I've ever read. Yeah,
0: I would almost... uh, It's debatable, but I think I'd put it in my top ten, not just horror novels, but novels.
1: Novels, yeah, I would agree. She's a brilliant writer, um, and hasn't really, until fairly recently, started to receive the mainstream critical attention that I think she deserves, although you know, everybody's read The Lottery in like, you know, seventh grade as I did. Yeah, the but... thing
0: about her work is most people only read The Lottery um, yeah. because they're forced to in high school and yeah, you know, during her lifetime I believe The Lottery was uh, released in the 60s in the New Yorker and it, it yeah, caused a big 40. stir Yeah, but I I don't know how successful she was in terms of just being a novelist.
1: She was relatively, she got, she got more, she got better with each novel in terms of commercial and critical reception. Which is, you
0: know, typically how it goes. Yeah. Um, the,
1: we have always lived in the castle, which I haven't read yet, but desperately want to. That was her biggest, um, novelistic success. But I think she is, um, Predominantly remembered mostly for the lottery because of the um, the you know just the the shock and controversy that that caused at the time just to be published in the pages of the New Yorker this relatively unassuming story and it really jolted people and that's what that's kind of where this film starts in the first scenes.
0: Yeah, it's been. Um established that the the uh the lottery has been released in the New Yorker hmm uh we follow I'm blanking on the character's name now Rose Rose we Rose. follow Rose and her boyfriend who are going to a college in, I believe it's Connecticut
1: yeah um, uh Bennington Bennington yep oh Vermont I or, say. sorry Vermont
0: Yeah, And they're going to meet with Shirley Jackson at her house and her husband, husband, who is a professor at the college. Mm -hmm. And they show up and there's this huge sort of bizarre artistic party, like literary party type of thing going on, which to be fair, I don't really know that anyone actually has those. Maybe they do when you're higher up. I've never...
1: Well, I, I've i actually... So the interest, one of the interesting parts of the movie for me is I haven't finished it yet, but I I am reading a biography of Shirley Jackson um, called A Rather Haunted Life by Ruth Franklin. Actually, and I, I've been
0: doing the audiobook of that too off and on.
1: Yeah, no, it's... Um, It's a very meticulous account of her life and her experience. Great read, highly recommend it. But um, yeah, so these were actually, they were kind of known for these parties, apparently. I mean, Shirley Jackson was a great hostess, odd to think, but she, you know, her and her husband, Stanley Edgar Hyman, who were both like very literary um, collegiate uh, types, you know, hosted great parties and were were fun to be around. And, you know, when we first see Stanley Edgar Hyman, who's played by Michael Stuhlbark, who does great here, he's in, like, this laurel crown, and he's, like, you know, evoking, like, folk songs and things like that. And apparently that was really the the impression he gave at the time. So that that actually is one of the more authentic parts of the film. I yeah, think, this opening, I think like, from the
0: autobiography, or, sorry, the biography, mm-hmm. uh, that is what she describes him as being like.
1: Yeah. And this movie is very much, well, I just want to, I, I think one of the things they took away watching this movie, and I think Josephine Decker has confirmed this in certain interviews, is that, this movie isn't really a, a realistic depiction of Shirley Jackson, the woman, like, and the writer. She was, you know, she was much, she was a funny person, a deeply sad person, you know. She had, she was a great mom, but, you know, unsettled in, like, the role of, of housewife. Obviously, very lonely and isolated, and had a troubled, you know, childhood. But um, this movie, the Shirley Jackson we see here, played by Elizabeth Moss, who owns this movie. Oh uh, yeah, she eyes. does a good job. Yeah, like and I, I, I've seen her in. Us, The Invisible Man, and now this. And she's gotten better with each of those performances. And this one, I think, she's just like, finally somebody gave her a movie that was like, you know, she could really sink her teeth into this character, and she does great. But um, this Shirley Jackson is more like the the image the cultural image of Shirley Jackson to me than the than the actual person who lived in in Bennington in that you know and that may actually be what Shirley Jackson herself would have wanted because she liked to go around telling people she was a witch and like evoking like these like spooky tongue-in-cheek rumors about herself and you know This movie is very much in line with that image of like, you know, the mad woman in the attic, which wasn't isn't really totally authentic to how she she lived her life, but is very much in line certainly with the protagonists of her fiction and more broadly with her her image.
0: I was going to say the interesting thing I think about the directions they chose to go. Or mm. that they made Shirley Jackson into a Shirley Jackson character she would have yeah. in one of her books.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a very. Um, this is like, I wouldn't really. I
0: would. I first mean, I'll just. Off the top of my head, it yeah. also reminds me of. Um, and Hunter S. Thompson did a lot more self insertion. But yeah. Hunter S. Thompson would have uh, basically a character. I think it's Royal Duke, something.
1: Yeah, yeah, that he like had that.
0: in uh, *Fear and Loathing* in Las Vegas that he would in- incorporate, and that's sort of yeah. what you get when you get uh, the *Fear and Loathing* film adaptations or anything yeah. related to Hunter Thompson. Is you get the character Hunter Thompson wanted people to think that he, was, he yeah. was, rather than the actual man.
1: Yeah, and to her credit, I mean, there. This isn't really authentic to the timeline or circumstances of her life and the most notable thing thing that they change is um they completely excise her children which she had at the time and a lot of people somewhat sometimes justifiably take issue with that because it kind of plays into this idea that that you know, a woman who's an artist can at the same time be a mother. and You know, it's it's kind of problematic. But, but to her credit, Josephine Decker has been very clear that, you know, she wasn't setting out to make a bi- biopic or biographical film in any traditional sense, and that this is a kind of fictionalized character of Shirley Jackson. Because this isn't really a... By Biogra- that's not what it feels like when you're watching it, at least to me, it doesn't feel like. No, it feel feels like...
0: very much like a psychological thriller.
1: Yeah, I would like a psychological thriller or like psychodrama or something. It's very like, you know, I mean they have psychological.
0: Whole... <laughs> and I haven't finished the autobiography, but I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. Shirley Jackson was not a lesbian. But they have a very no. strong uh, insinuation that Rose and Shirley sort of develop this romantic attraction yeah. towards each other.
1: There's a there's a very erotic undercurrent, and you know, again in the biography, um, you know, Ruth Franklin actually cites evidence showing that Shirley Jackson was actually kind of had like a a like, a fear of lesbians and was, like, made uncomfortable by them, although in The Haunting of Hill House, she did originally write Theo as a lesbian, and there are lesbian themes in her work, but she she always was basically homophobic, and, I don't know, another take that was more critical of this film I saw, um, that I found funny, which... Uh, it came from Paula Ash, who's a writer that we both know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. She posted um, about when upon this movie's trailer coming out, something like, um, like you know, every weird dead woman writer you like was probably an edgy lesbian. The movie, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, no. I is, mean, it, it is, is like, sort
0: of. Um, it reminds me of you know. Lately, there's been a lot of sort of facetious biopics like I'm thinking of that Catherine the Great show that's been on Hulu
1: oh I haven't seen it yet
0: well it's from the guy that wrote the favorite and you can tell because it's like um, it's like Catherine the Great going around being like fuck and you know just being like what the shit is that and it's clearly not supposed to be 100% authentic or even you know 50% authentic
1: yeah I love the favorite (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, there is like a... And, I mean, we talked about this kind of in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, that it is important when doing movies about, you know, queer history, you kind of have to read behind the lines and between the lines, I should say, and make, like, guesses. But I don't think, I'm fairly certain that Shirley Jackson herself wasn't a lesbian. But, again, this isn't a... Although although her work certainly contains queer themes. But this isn't a movie this is this is a self conscious like fiction of a movie. Not not a total fiction, but like definitely playing with the line between reality and fantasy, between fact and, and fiction. You know, I mean, in a it,
0: weird way it reminded me of I am the pretty thing that lives in the house. Oh, I haven't
1: seen that yet either. See, I really really like
0: the film, but it's very divisive. But I think one thing, the reason I like it is there's a very clear Shirley Jackson insert who I don't think is ever named. But, you know, she's like dressed the same way when you see pictures of her. She has the same style of glasses. She's kind of in the same style of clothing. She's like chain smoking while she's typing. All of her books have that like yellow print that would have been in the 60s. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's um, I, the movie I thought of, especially as it gets, it gets into kind of more abstracted places as it goes along. It reminded me, I may have invoked this movie before, but it reminded me of Ingmar Bergman's persona you, a Yeah, you bit.
0: mentioned it, I forget which episode, but you mentioned Maybe
1: it. Maybe Enemy, because that also has, But but like... In the way that these two women who are isolated together begin to like bleed into each other, there's a very interesting transformation that occurs across the film. In that, at the start, Rose comes into the house, and Shirley Jackson, at this point, is very lethargic, depressed, you know, like, you know, unable to work, feeling very like drained and empty and rose is all like composed and put together and functional whereas by the end the exact opposite has happened and shirley jackson is now very functional and like you know you know up to date while rose has been kind of depleted and wrecked by her experience and there's like almost like a sense of like I don't know, like vampirism to it in a way, like yeah, like
0: emotional it, vampirism.
1: That gave me persona vibes, but um, yeah, it's an interesting film. It's very, it's not what you would expect from a conventional. No, biopic. and I
0: think if there is any reason that they excised the children, for better or worse, yeah. I don't think as a society we're capable of seeing things very much past black and white yet. Yeah. And if the uh, yeah. intent of your film is to show a woman who was sort of ahead of her time in, in terms of feminist uh, thinking,
1: yeah, then I yeah.
0: think if you had had her three children running around and her like having to do everything, yeah. that might have sort of made the message of her feminism yeah. maybe a little watered down. Like she does, yeah. Shirley Jackson herself doesn't get the credit she deserves as being a feminist,
1: almost no. solely
0: because she had three children and was a mom.
1: I know. I think, actually, um, in one of the foundational texts of the 1960s feminist movement, uh, The Feminine Mystique, I believe, by Betty Friedan, I believe that it it actually criticizes Jackson, who by that point was passed away. It criticizes, oh, or was she? I'm not sure, I need to check, but um, it it criticizes Jackson for being like, you know, focused on domesticity and domestic matters, which like, that that's, seems so strange today when her stories are so clearly about the the uh, a horror of domesticity and the home life although it is worth mentioning that i think her two of her biggest successes at the time were memoirs about raising her children it, it they weren't um horror or uh, uncanny at all so there's a Shirley Jackson is a lot and i think this film does get into that although it does fall into the black and white thinking a little bit she wasn't She's a little more complicated than we would think about just like a strong, uncompromising woman today like she she was you know she was a lot of things at the same time she was a writer, she was a mother, she was a a woman in a in a really <sighs> twisted kind of relationship with her husband, which that definitely yeah,
0: he was, sort he seemed like sort of a monster, like he's one of those men that. Married this sort of fragile woman, and then once they were established, went, okay, well, this is going to be an open marriage, or I'm going to leave you.
1: Yeah, that's the... You learn about that in the biography, is that, like, he believed on principle that he was allowed to sleep with other women in their marriage. Which is, you know, it's one
0: thing if it's, like, from the beginning that's established. Like, I don't have any issue with that. But when it's someone who kind of, like sneaks it in there and waits until everything's, like, settled to be like, okay, well, now I'm doing this, and if you don't like it, then our whole lives are going to be torn apart.
1: And he made a point of, like, telling her about every encounter, and she was always... This really, you know... She really loved him, at least certainly at the start of their relationship. And this these sort of repeated betrayals that he seemed to think were like no big deal that went against everything she wanted. I mean, it's really like it's manipulative and cold and awful, but at the same time when the two of them were actually, I mean, together and like thinking together, they could do amazing things and their relationship could be very intimate and warm and like, you see sides of that in this movie. You, you see the cold and like isolated side of their marriage. And then you also see the like in certain scenes, especially the last moment. I mean, you can see the warmth that used to be there and what drew her to this man in the first place, and it makes it all the more stinging when he betrays that trust. It's like it was a very complicated relationship, and I think the film does justice to that. It does. Of, I
0: think they do a good job of. Um, is his name Stanley? I forget his first name. Stanley. 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 They do a good job of. Of showing. How he was simultaneously like. A, a caring man, you know. He's the one who goes up when she's in her funk and is like, "You have to get up," and he like gives her a cigarette and. Kind yeah. of like coaxes her out of bed and, you know, yeah. motivates her to get writing. Although how much of that is just because she probably b- brought in more in- money. Income, yeah. Um, but then on the other hand, you get to see how predatory he probably was with some of his college students. Oh, yeah. He's just like it's very, not... he'll just go up to young women and just like grab them. Yeah. He like, was, I feel like nowadays I mean, he would have been called out.
1: Yeah, hopefully. I, it's like he... I mean, he took... He was one of the only... First and only people at that time to really take her writing seriously. And you see across the film, like, he wants to read what she's writing and, like, help her and, like, give his opinion. And, you know, I mean, like, he. he took her seriously. But at the same time, he's, like not Me Too approved, he's a predator, he's basically... And, I mean, one of my favorite scenes, and I think the, the scene, it's been mentioned a few times in reviews of the film, but the scene that comes closest to actually capturing the type of thing Shirley Jackson wrote about in her fiction, in, like, her short fiction especially, is a scene where she sees stanley at a party like you know being handsy with this other woman who he's having an affair with very evidently and she then pours a glass of wine on the couch and the woman runs in and she's like oh oh my god what are you doing and and shirley starts rubbing it off and she's saying no don't rub dab dab like uh, and it's like she's almost more horrified that she's like rubbing the incorrect way than than like the the whole situation and it's this very like dissonant note with the mood of the of the party so i think like i mean it gets into those moments are what really struck me as jacksonian in the true sense more so than
0: some of the i liked the film but there were parts of it that i think there were the parts that really made me think okay that's not real Like, there is this sort of weird undercurrent between Shirley and Stanley, where it's almost like they get a sick thrill out of torturing these young people, like, psychologically. Uh, And I don't think that was accurate. I think even though Stanley was probably a shithead that slept with his students, I don't think he intentionally wanted to be malicious about it.
1: No, and I think, I mean... She could be, like, very, like, sharp and witty and sometimes barbed with her, her statements. But, like, the sense I get is that they were fun people to be around, at least from the biography, you know, that they were, like, likable and, like, enjoyable and people, you know. And surely until, you know, she got very agoraphobic in the last years of her life But she wasn't, like, some recluse hiding in the attic of the house and everybody in the town hated her, you know? It was, like, they were fun, lively people who happened to be in a horribly tortured marriage, but, you know, it wasn't... um, They weren't sadists who would, like, invite young people to their house and then, like, rip rip them to pieces. And they
0: do sort of have that in the film where... Yeah. Surely for most of the film... Knows that there's no such thing as the Shakespeare Society. Yeah, but Rose's boyfriend or husband—I can't remember at this point.
1: Husband, husband, her husband.
0: husband. That's even worse. Keeps going <sighs> to these, you know, Shakespeare Society meetings, and then finally, I think it's around the hour mark, maybe further. Um, further,
1: I'd say, like toward the almost toward the end, at almost towards point. the end.
0: Shirley goes. There is no Shakespeare Society. That's just how they pick
1: the boys they want to fuck. Yeah. yeah. And that's it's, like
0: I feel like that was like the most fan y thing for me because I really don't think it, Shirley yeah. Jackson would intentionally be trying to destroy a young woman's life like that. She wasn't she didn't hurt people like that. But that that goes towards the theory I have that it's Shirley Jackson as a Shirley Jackson character, because one of her yeah, characters would I easily agree. do that.
1: Absolutely there's definitely a presence of cruelty and like, you know, viciousness in her, her characters.
0: And I don't want to go Um, into it too much, but from the autobiography, there's a lot of hints that there, I mean, there's overt knowledge of abuse, like verbal abuse from her family. Verbal abuse. Absolutely. And then there's like more kind of vague stuff about, there's a theory that there was a party she was at and then adult kind of took her off and it's, heavily implied yeah, well, she was like sexually assaulted
1: perhaps yeah that's that's a so actually that ties in this film is, is centered around shirley's writing of the novel hangs a man which i have not read yet, i haven't but... either
0: i've been on the fence about it because it i mean obviously the movie makes it look like this incredible thing but from what i've heard it's very much like one of her early novels
1: it is one of her earlier novels. I know it's a favorite of some friends of mine, so I w- I do intend to read it. But it is not. Um, I mean, when people talk about her greatest novels, people talk about "We Have Always Lived in the Castle" and "The Haunting of Hill House." Um, and this is this was her second novel, so it was still still finding her voice. I mean, but- I can
0: tell you as a novelist, like it is very rare to have your very first novel be like incredible yeah, it's much no. more like anything yeah. where it's like you know your first couple times like you're working up towards something that's acceptable but yeah. like once you keep going and once you see what other people resonate with then you can actually establish yourself as a novelist
1: yeah yeah and she but but I, I mean like oh, I really would read anything written by Shirley Jackson I love her fiction and I think. She was really
0: ahead of her time in terms of just the sardonic quality to her work. I know. And that's
1: something that this film didn't, in terms of the filmmaking and plot, it didn't quite capture for me. Her stories, when I read, I mean, there's often obviously a lot of ambiguity in her stories, but they feel so sharp and like honed and like pointed and the film here feels a little more, like, floaty, and, you know, in certain scenes, I felt it was almost a little, like, aimless or meandering, but uh, that seems very... Her fiction is, like... It's like a dagger, you know? Like, the best stories really cut, (laughs) and, um, I mean, I I think this film... There's some of my favorite scenes in this film that came closer to that quality. Uh, Are the scenes where she's being sadistic or Stanley's being sadistic in the dining room scenes? Like there's one early on, I forget what the the exchange was, but she starts like being very snippy about Rose and, and her baby. And there's a later one where Stanley just tears apart, Rose's husband's dissertation or paper or whatever as derivative. It was really like, you know, strike. I found those scenes to be like closer to the spirit of her of her texts.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Um, I wanted to ask you about. There's a scene towards the end, Mm -hmm. where Rose wanders off into these woods. That it's been established there was a girl that went missing. In the same woods. Yeah. Um, and she, at this point, she's at her baby, so she's holding her baby, and she's standing over this cliff edge, and we yeah. sort of intercut between Rose standing on the cliff with her baby and Rose driving away with her husband.
1: Yeah. I'm fairly yeah. sure
0: it's implied that she didn't jump.
1: But they cut to the cliff in one shot, and she's just gone. And it's very so i this is this was kind of hard for me to follow, so I did some poking around but uh I know that first off that Rose and Fred are completely fictional characters I mean I knew that uh,
0: i didn't I don't think Shirley Jackson would let people live in their house to be honest no no
1: no no, but um there's there's an element of the novel hangs a man that involves an imaginary friend or a like like a a character who isn't real and i've heard some people propose the idea that rose may be an invention of of shirley's mind just as she was writing this book and that scene i mean there's it's like somebody said it's almost like in those in that intercutting you're being presented with two endings of the story. You're seeing Rose either give up and jump off the cliff, or you're seeing her go back, but like newly emboldened and, you know, ready to buck against her husband who, who has been having affairs. And it's like two different ideas of what a woman, like two options for a woman in that time in that, it's like you could give in to despair. Or you could try and like stand, like you know, turn into a Shirley, basically. Um, but yeah, I, that is
0: one interpretation. I guess the way I chose to think of it, yeah, and it's only sort of clicking right now, is mm. that maybe it's a metaphor for the old rose dying, mm. and the new oh, yeah. rose is the one that's in the car at the end. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna let you keep. Uh, Sleeping around and you're me, gonna help yeah. me with this baby.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an ambiguous ending. It's the, I, I found it, um, certainly challenging and a little, I was a little like, I don't know eh. if
0: I liked it because the film doesn't really have that many other moments like it, but as opposed to something no. like, and we've mentioned this a million times, but as opposed to like first reform, say, <laughs> yeah. where I felt like it actually added to the film. Yeah. I never felt like the cliff jump really added anything other than ambiguity. There's there's
1: certain scenes of fantasy in this film. The one that's most striking, I think, is probably when Rose goes into the bath with Shirley and it's like that's it's clearly something that Shirley is envisioning, but it's they're like they're they're defined as fantastical. There's no confusion about that whereas it starts to get very it does get very abstract and i did feel somewhat dissatisfied by it upon finishing but i mean i can appreciate it but i think i think the end end of the film which is a beautiful shot that shirley has just finished her novel and her husband loves it and they start um dancing with each other and we're outside the window and we pan even like closer to them as they dance and there's like you know both like the warm um record playing but also you know eerie forest noises and like you know wind whistling through the trees that felt really like a nice close to a movie about Shirley Jackson for me and you know that's like i preferred that to the whole rose plotline honestly i yeah the most... i think
0: one of the bigger issues and i didn't mind it i understood why they incorporated the characters to kind of have like a easy short Entry. end of showing like how shirley was and how stanley was but yeah it does sort of feel like like it's not entirely shirley's movie like it's rose's movie for a lot of the time
1: well, yeah, I found when I was watching that the scenes I was most interested in are the scenes between Shirley and her husband. Right. And it's like, you know, reading the biography, like, you know, you could just make a movie about Shirley and her husband, and that would be a great movie, I feel. Like, there's a there's material and drama there for, like, two movies, honestly. And, you know, I was most... It was that kind of, like interplay between this like toxic marriage that that really fascinated me in in the biography and I thought would take more time up in the movie whereas Rose doesn't really I mean it's certainly interesting but she doesn't really she doesn't really fit entirely with the whole um yeah with the, I mean with as, the much as much as more I love developed, Shirley
0: Jackson I think you almost like get this weird sense. She's like a feminist superhero. And it's like any young woman who comes to her will be like taught the ways of, but it's like, I don't feel (laughs) like Shirley Jackson was like that. I feel like she was just living her life, but her fiction was where she promoted her feminist views. And I mean, the fact that like most of her fiction is about women was fairly revolutionary at the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and, and just like Shirley and Stanley, are such complicated characters and, like, interesting. And, like, Elizabeth Moss and Michael Stuhlberg, again, they just totally go to town on the rolls. And it's like, I would just put them together again and just make another movie with those two because I think they're a great great duo. I mean,
0: I would love to see a film about, like, the literal last days of Shirley Jackson when she was working on The Haunting of Hill House because they're very tragic, but...
1: Yeah. Like, she was... He wouldn't even read the novel. Because it spooked him too much. I mean, she (laughs) was in
0: a terrible, like... Yeah. And this was environmental, but... So, back in the day, if you were a woman and you had trouble with your weight, I mean, I think even still today, but... Yeah, They just give you diet pills. And diet pills are basically speed. And I can't imagine it was much healthier back in the 60s. Like, they probably just gave you legit speed. Yeah. So, it was like, this woman that was already slightly overweight and stressed out enough was and taking having, like yeah. speed chain smoking yeah. and drinking like a fish which we know nowadays like that's a fucking recipe for disaster no wonder she had a stroke or a heart attack or whatever she did at 50
1: yeah but the last few years and uh, the last year especially of her life is very bleak it's not um and I think it's a lot a of the agoraphobia story.
0: probably had to do with the fact that she was speeded out of her mind.
1: Yeah, her agoraphobia was at its worst in in the final days of her life. But
0: at the same time, it was like despite all that pain and terror, she was able to take that and put it into, into the haunting of Hill House. And I think that's yeah. a lot of the strength of the novel is just someone who is like at such a dark place psychologically, and they were able to just like. Take those feelings and put them apply into the... like literal hauntings to them.
1: Yeah, and but and like that's also interesting. And uh, Shirley and uh, Stanley are such interesting characters here. And then I felt like in contrast, Rose and Fred were like almost stupidly simple. Honestly,
0: like it's a very like. I mean, they're clearly <sighs> supposed to be like an audience stand-in, which I get.
1: Yeah, I know, but it's such, like, a conventional idea of a 1950s marriage and that they're, like, just kind of these bland, personality-less characters. The husband's a dick and she needs to find her way out of the marriage. And that stood in such sharp contrast to, like, the really, like weird world of, like, the actual marriage of the 1950s, which which we see in Shirley Jackson and Stanley, that it felt almost like, I don't know, like, to draw a parallel between the two, it felt, it felt, I don't know, reductive to me almost to the complexities of the actual relationships Shirley had in her life.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, I, I'll be honest, yeah. I really would have preferred to watch a film that was just you know, taking key moments from Shirley Jackson's life from that biography.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you know, uh, for what we have, I think it's pretty good. I don't, I don't know that I loved it, but I think
0: I did enjoy it though. I mean, like it's hard to not Elizabeth Moss does such a good job playing Shirley Jackson (laughs) that and Shirley Jackson is such an engaging character.
1: It's yeah. hard
0: not to enjoy, enjoy it, it when Shirley's there.
1: Yeah. I would also mention the um one of the things that stuck out to me as interesting about the film is the cinematography. It is a well
0: shot film, yes. It
1: I at first I actually found it like really off putting, but I came to appreciate it in that it's like it's mostly handheld, very shaky And it's a lot of close ups, like you're right in these characters' faces as they're and it's like it's a little like you know I mean like I was seeing how beautiful the set and the colors were and I was like, Well why don't you give us a more like stable view of how how this how this looks like but then I realized that making the camera so, like, shaky and uncomfortable and destabilizing and during the close-ups, like, acutely claustrophobic is a perfect way of representing women's realities during the 1950s. Because, you know, even though it's a beautiful house, uh, they're not, it's not a comfortable view of the house. It's, like, very, like, you know, unsteady and, like, you know, like, claustrophobic and... I thought that that was something that, as the film went on, I was able to appreciate more, and I wanted to shout out, who's the cinematographer, Sterla Brant Grovlin, for his, for his good work. On yeah, that. he
0: did a good job. And I know it sounds like I didn't like the film because I keep going on and on about my issues with it, but
1: yeah, yeah, that's just
0: because I'm such a huge Shirley Jackson fan. I guarantee you yeah. if they do any Stephen King movies, I'm, like, about the man. I'm 100% <laughs> going to be, like, wrong, so...
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and I just... I was actually really concerned about this movie initially because I was like... Shirley Jackson, culturally... Has been put through so much shit that she just she deserves the best movie you know to be made about her, and I was like I was really worried that this movie was gonna be like disrespectful or or damaging to her legacy, and there are some like harmful tropes I think in there, and you know with the children and you know as Paula Ash I mentioned pointed out there is something kind of problematic about making every uh empowered or or outspoken women of the past into a lesbian in the films it just seems kind of strange to me but um i think i think there's a lot of love for shirley here and i do think elizabeth moss is the person who sells it in the end that she's she's really does justice to the to the to the persona this woman created for herself in her lifetime and the you know the kind of tortured reality that lay beneath that image and i think i think this film is a good is a good tribute to her although i hope you know i hope more movies of her books or films are made and more um you know, and definitely better adaptations need to be made of her works, yeah, but.
0: I mean, we had we have always lived in the castle, which was I didn't mind it, but
1: i I've heard it was like oh okay, like fine, but yeah, like, that was like, I like I my know.
0: exact, you know, it was like I liked the I liked some of the acting, but it it didn't floor me,
1: yeah. And then, I mean, The Haunting of Hill House TV show, I have not finished it. I know how it ends. I'm so torn on it.
0: I'm very torn about Mike Flanagan in general because I like Mm. some of what he does and I just kind of loathe other stuff that he does. And I think with The Haunting of Hill House show, you kind of get the perfect combination of him firing on all cylinders and him like having the most lazy writing imaginable and going into very hokey territory i've
1: only seen the first i think six episodes and I i was like actually that you know these those episodes were for horror tv were really strong and effective and i was like wow this is good although I found myself wishing they hadn't named it after Shirley Jackson's novel because it has nothing, nothing to do with the novel. Not Um,
0: really, no.
1: Until that uh, truly awful perversion of the last line that I've heard they do in the last episode. I don't want to spoil
0: it, but it does sound like something you'd see on a Campbell's soup can. And I'm like,
1: that really... I know what the line is. I'm not going to repeat it. It's literally Just like re-
0: digging up her corpse to spit on it.
1: It's like she, when I read the end of the haunting of Hill house for the first time, I cried. I was like, damn, this person understands like loneliness and isolation. and, and moreover, it being tied in with the reality of so many women who lived during that time. And it, it was such a refusal of the narrative. Like most narratives about women I see in media, whether they be from like, you know, conservative or liberal sources, it was like a book that was really authentically hers, like the voice of an individual. And I was so moved by it and, and minor spoiler, but like, you know, its unrepentant pessimism was very like, like shocking to me, even in a horror story. And then, and then you get this TV show adaptation, which is literally like, like, and again, I'm not gonna say what it is, but if you know the first line of Jackson's book, think about like the absolute cheesiest direction you could go with it, and you probably, you probably know what it is. I was so.
0: And, but, it, and know, that's why I have not spent too much it. time talking about it. But I did overall yeah, yeah. like the show. I just didn't like the ending. I thought when it yeah, was working yeah. well, it was working really well. But also, I, I kind of wished it was just like a haunting, or you know, just something haunting. Yeah, like, I mean, I
1: yeah. I liked. But anyway, but anyway, this is so. I mean, compared with the competition, this is one of the more oh, this is Shirley, the best Jackson. Shirley
0: Jackson film.
1: Yeah, I would agree. It's it's well somehow, I mean some
0: people I mean, would argue the 60s haunting of Hill House I
1: I didn't like it I got to admit
0: I did know, not like have it. People love this reverence sometimes for older horror films that is I think sometimes deserved and I think other times it's just nostalgia.
1: Yeah, i but it's like I mean with that movie I read I had just read the novel and I loved it and it was like subtle and creepy and like weird and then I watched this movie and, like, early on, I believe one character is literally like, the house wants you. And I was like, this is stupid. I mean, like... it's a
0: million times better than the 90s version with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh.
1: <laughs> I've, I've heard tales about that I saw that in the one. theater. <laughs>
0: um, and it had friggin' Owen Wilson getting his head cut off, and that was the best part of the film for me, so.
1: <laughs> okay, hey, and so, I'll steer So, But, yeah, no, for sure, as... This isn't an adaptation about of, Shirley, of a Shirley Jackson story, but it's somehow the best Shirley Jackson adaptation, if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does
0: sort of seem like they cherry-picked some of the best parts from some of her novels. Like, there are definitely elements of We Have Lived in the Castle.
1: Mm, uh, with the in, mushrooms.
0: Yeah, and Shirley, like, for instance, mentioning the mushrooms, and then... They, they They're sort play... of Haunting of Hill House elements, not as strong as the we are we have always lived in the castle yeah. ones, but I guess just sort of the psychological unease of the character of Shirley. The one
1: me. I the one I caught was they play the House Carpenter in the middle, which the House Carpenter is better known as the Demon Lover, which was a folk ballad that provided the basis for one of Shirley Jackson's stories, the demon lover of the same name, but also just more broadly the James Harris stories. So there are like, if you're a fan, like there are nice Easter eggs like that for you to pick up on. And it's, it's very, it's enough. It's, it gets the closest of any film I've seen to hitting what makes her writing unique. And although, although I, you know, I didn't love Love It, and I have issues with elements of its approach. I think, uh, I mean, I think Josephine Decker, with, with the material that she's had, has done a really good job of of getting to what makes, you know, close to what makes Shirley Jackson Shirley Jackson.
0: And it, it is, in terms of a, just a film about a writer, it's not bad. You know, like, it is a little over the top, but, like, I really loathe those films where it's just, like, a literally insane alcoholic, just, like, (laughs) scribbling in blood, and then it's like, you've done it, your emotional pain has brought about this amazing novel, and most of the time I'm like, if you're that fucked up, like, you have to be... Like a level of screwed up, but like, yeah. when you're like so screwed up, you can barely function. I don't think you're right, you write can't right.
1: No, I, you see, I mean, with this movie, it actually, I didn't love the, the device of the story of Hangzaman occurring to her in like divine flashes of inspiration or anything, but um. Like, one of my favorite scenes is, like, she's writing the first sentence and she keeps on, like, saying, like, fuck, like, I, like you know, like, she'll be like, you know, she was 17 and had just entered, like, fuck. And, like, she's not, like, she's, like, struggling with, like, the process. And that felt like, here's a movie that actually considers, like, the work of the writer outside of just, like, you know, either making them, like, just a genius or, like, a total insane, like, as you said, like, you know, reckless scribble and blood, you know, that whole thing. This- I,
0: I think my favorite in terms of like, actually, since I am a writer, there's a mm-hmm. scene where she's writing in a notebook and I think she's like sitting in the bathtub or something.
1: Yeah. she's And I was like, like, yeah. like
0: that's, that's the most accurate. Cause like most of the time <laughs> when you're, especially when you're doing long form, Sometimes you're just like, ah, oh, shit, I got to write that down. And you just like end up like <laughs> grabbing like an old piece of mail and you're in your underwear at three in the morning and you just write like, like bananas in the kitchen or something. <laughs> yeah, and you wake yeah. up like, what the hell does that mean? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it it's, captures, um... it does capture the frenetic uh, quality of like the inspiration and it does capture the amount of... Maybe not entirely, but it actually shows her working, which is nice. Yeah, because it's yeah. so many of those films about writers; they don't actually show them having to work, and it's like it's yeah. work. You got to sit down for like a hundred man hours or whatever.
1: And the struggle of working, like, it's like hard for her at points. Like, it's like it's like like Do I have to get out of bed and do this? And you know, when I've written, I've I've experienced that sometimes, and that. You know, sometimes writing is a laborious process instead of just, you know, sailing out of your fingertips, which which a lot of movies seem to like to depict it as. But and I,
0: yeah, and I think that's where Shirley shines is all of that yeah. stuff. All of the Rose stuff is fine.
1: It's fine. Yeah. It's it's fine. But the Shirley stuff is is like, yeah, that's what good. you
0: come for Shirley for.
1: It's uh to to start wrapping it up, but um I think it's it's a a great response to the fiction of shirley jackson i think it's an an interesting and compelling movie that gives you stuff to think about and it is a great showcase for its two lead actors but especially elizabeth moss and those are the grounds on which i would uh, and also if you're just a fan of shirley jackson like you should just watch it. Yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> I like the film for what it was, and I've been yeah. hypercritical of it. But at the same time, it is very difficult to capture the spirit of a writer when you're trying to do like a set period of time, and you're not hopping back yeah. and forth. And I think, yeah, this does it. I think, well. it, yeah, it managed to do it. it. It decided on a specific, even though the novel I think was written at slightly different times than she chose to incorporate it in. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it incorporates where Shirley Jackson was around when she had f- released *The Lottery* and kind of like when she was first having her forays into novels and like establishing yeah. herself.
1: Yeah, she's. I mean, it's. It's it's it is. There is a Lit Hub piece that you and I talked about shortly before this that described this movie as fan fiction, and that is what. And I—that's not a cr- term of disparagement in this case. This is like a love letter from people who like Shirley Jackson's writing to Shirley Jackson. And I—I I mean, well, I—I don't think it's—it's it's not one of my favorite films or anything. I think it is. It does succeed on those grounds. And I—I I would like to look into some of Josephine Decker's other films because I hear that. They're great, and she does a pretty good job of of what's a very tricky topic here. So, uh, I would recommend this. I would recommend it, too. Um, But read some Shirley Jackson novels. Yeah, oddly (laughs) enough,
0: I would say one of my favorite Shirley Jackson adaptations isn't actually a Shirley Jackson adaptation. Mm, Sort of mm. like how my favorite Lovecraft adaptation is In the Mouth of Madness, where it's not literally a Lovecraft adaptation. No, it's not Lovecraft. My favorite Jackson adaptation is I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House.
1: Yeah, I gotta see that. Because it sort that.
0: of does. It does a Shirley Jackson style novel while incorporating a clearly like. Uh, Shirley Jackson type writer, and it, it's sorry. just interesting.
1: I'm sorry. Uh, pause. Uh, did you just hear a voice on my end? Somebody shouted down the stairs.
0: I don't think no? so, but we can redo that last part just in case.
1: Okay. Okay. We'll just. Uh, yeah. When did just... you hear the shout? Just, uh, about in the middle of your sentence, J- you can just start from, um, whatever, when you were talking about, I am the pretty thing that lives okay. in the house. That's one. I'm sorry.
0: That's fine. I just... Um, I think my favorite adaptation is actually, I am the pretty thing that lives in the house, even though it's not mm. strictly a Shirley Jackson adaptation. It captures no. the psychological unease Shirley Jackson has in her work and also incorporates a Shirley Jackson style author into the narrative yeah, while also being yeah. its own thing and just scary.
1: Yeah. I I've been meaning to see that for a long time. I I've only seen one of Oz Perkins's films. Um, the black coat's daughter, which he recommended to me, which I liked quite a bit. I haven't seen He's to do a film that yet.
0: I've watched where I've disliked it.
1: I've seen like the start of, I am the pretty thing that lives in the house like five times and it just creeps me out so it's much. It's funny. But, Cause like,
0: I mentioned how much I like the film and so many people are like, Oh, I hated it. Like, it's so boring. Nothing happens that I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) it's a, I don't know. It is a haunted house narrative. Like, does anything ever, I mean, you know, sometimes a haunted house narrative will have a ton of stuff happen, but I feel like sometimes that gets very trite very quickly.
1: Well, yeah. And that's why I think it's harder to do as a film and that those kind of quiet and like, Reflective uh I mean tense, that's the reason not, why
0: every Haunting of Hill House adaptation balloons up into this like crazy magnum like, opus type thing.
1: Yeah. It's so the novel, I was surprised by how restrained the I mean that's that's one of the words I would use to describe Jackson's fiction in general, is just restrained I mean and that the beauty like, of
0: the Haunting of Hill House as a novel is there is never proof that there are ghosts.
1: Yeah, and the haunted house phenomena that that you witness, it's not, you know, that intense compared to certain other haunted house novels. I mean, it's certainly unsettling, but it's like like fairly conventional haunted house stuff in that it's like, you know, knocks on the door and like banging and like cold drafts and things like that. But what elevates it, uh, I don't want to say elevates it because that's such a fucking loaded term when you're talking about horror fiction but what what makes it for me one of the great haunted house novels and one of the great novels is the psychological attention that jackson pays to the effects of this experience on eleanor the protagonist who's clearly something of a stand-in for some aspects of jackson's experience and i mean we could we could talk about Shirley Jackson's books for hours, but I, it, to 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 bring it to a close, um, watch watch Shirley and, you know, in, enjoy it. It's it's fun to see a, a filmmaker play around with another artist's it public is, persona. It is, and it's nice
0: to see someone finally do a Shirley Jackson film that tries that that I actually want to recommend to people
1: yeah okay uh so
0: oh wait we are on but I twitter by remembered. the way you remember too <laughs> i heard you um, <laughs> yeah we have a twitter it's at celluloid sits with a z c-i-t-z that is primarily how we communicate with the outside world even though that makes us sound like mental patients um <laughs> uh and we sure our least. official site is on anchor so i believe it's anchor.fm.com slash celluloid citizens i'll have links mm-hmm. in the show notes
1: and uh, hope to see you there
0: yeah but as all oh and wait then we have a patreon we have a patreon, yeah, patreon with two mini episodes the first covering oh god the uh, midnight, the midnight gospel. gospel and the second covering the short film the Fall.
1: And we discussed another of Jonathan Glazer's films shortly after the fall episode, so they're a nice little little pair, I think. Yeah, but if you want to
0: stop by, throw us a dollar. There's going to be more content coming soon, so we would appreciate it, because I otherwise don't make anything off of this. Not that I even (laughs) want to, but it would be nice to get a couple bucks.
1: Check it out. All right. Uh... uh, thanks for listening yeah thank and, you for listening
0: uh, uh to celluloid citizens i'm sean m thompson I'm
1: brian o'connell
0: and leave uh, the house yeah just just get some air